podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Tuesday after Liverpool 3, Leicester City 0 at the King Power in the Premier League. Another win for the Reds. They continue to march along in the hopes of sneaking into the top four. We're now one point behind United and Newcastle, though they do both have a game in hand. All we can do is win our last two and put the pressure on them. That's basically what it comes down to. We are all Brighton fans come Thursday night. We need to hope that Brighton can win. Because if Brighton win, then Newcastle need to win their last two. And while they should and almost certainly will beat Leicester at home, Chelsea away on the final day is tricky. Not difficult, but tricky. You just don't know what Chelsea will turn up. For 15 minutes against Forrest the other day, they looked unbelievable. And then they just went back to being shit. Uh, for United, it's a trip to Bournemouth. That'll be tough because United are poor away from home and Bournemouth has been pretty good at home recently. And Bournemouth might want to finish off the season on a high at home with it with a good scalp. Then it's Chelsea home and then Fulham home. And I really have a good feeling about that Fulham game. Again, they need six because their goal difference is not good enough. Newcastle can probably get in with five points, but United need six. And if Bournemouth could beat them, then it really would put the pressure on. Now, the home form has been pretty good this season. But if they have two games in a short period of time, given the injuries, given Rashford's drop-off, Bruno hasn't been himself. De Gea is always capable of costing them a goal. Potentially, Harry Maguire gets the call to face Mitrovic. It could be a thing of beauty. A Mitrovic hat-trick. And then two fingers up to the officials getting him another eight-game ban for next season. So we're in the mix. That's where we stand. We're in the mix. Brighton technically are as well. But even if they win their last four games, their max for the season is 70. Ours is 71, so we should finish above them regardless. Villa next, that'll be tough. They've been outstanding under Unai Emery. Top four calibre team since he took over, based on points per game. So that won't be easy. But at home, you would still back us to win. And then Southampton away on the final day. They're already down. That place is unlikely to be 
a very happy place on the final day. I'd imagine it might be there might be a lot of home tickets available for any traveling Reds going down. I'd imagine there'll be a few home fans that just won't want to be there. Um, I'd imagine there'll be a few players that won't want to be there as well. And they might just play, you know, a, a gang of young lads to try and give them a bit of experience. Who knows? But it's a game we should go and win quite comfortably. Um, speaking of travelling Reds, the travelling cop last night, in my opinion, was the best away performance by Liverpool fans this season and, and probably the best showing in any game. Um, si Senor rang out around the King Power for full-on 12 minutes. It was remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And they sang it again at the full-time whistle. The love for Bobby is fantastic to see. He deserves every single bit of it. I know he wasn't a Klopp signing, but he was the first major piece that arrived that when Jürgen took over, the team could start to be shaped. I, I still I still remember how many fans didn't like him to begin with because they didn't really understand him because they, they saw Rodgers play him as a winger and a wingback and thought, oh, this guy's crap. I remember a notable Liverpool website and somebody notable in the fan base referring to him as elegantly shite, um, which, you know, was just such a strange thing to say to, about somebody after about four games. But once Jürgen took over, everything with Bobby started to make a lot more sense. He was the linchpin in that initial Klopp front three with Mane on the right and Coutinho on the left. And then obviously when Salah arrived and Mane went to the left with Salah on the right, Bobby was the connector there. And that was basically the front three for for a prolonged period of time. And they were incredible together. As a 3-0, they were just perfect. Their personalities meshed well. The games meshed perfectly. On and off the ball, they were just monsters. Absolute monsters. Pressing machines, goal-scoring machines. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And we have gotten every single ounce that Bobby had to give us. And then some. And it's the right time for him to leave. It is the right time for him to leave. He has declined. He has worn down. He's picking up a lot more injuries than he did. And it's time to let him ride off into the sunset, get one last big contract somewhere else and see out his playing career. But he leaves a legend. And that's a term that's thrown around far too often and far too meaninglessly. But Bobby is a true legend. Bobby was incredible for us. And fingers crossed he can come back for the Villa game and get the farewell he deserves from the home fans. What a player. I wonder if the gentleman who wrote the piece attempting to slander Michael Edwards at all, who said 
the transfer committee are yet to explain how it is that they felt Firmino was worth a potential £29 million fee. Well, I think we'll all agree, £29 million, very, very well spent. A bargain, in fact. Bobby has, just in terms of his off-ball work, been one of the best players in the league. Forget everything on the ball. Bobby's off-ball work put him among the best players in the league in his pomp. Now, we, we ran him into the ground. <laughs> let's, let's not pretend otherwise. 360 games he has played in his eight years at the club. 109 goals, a high of 27 in the 17-18 season, 11 in the Champions League that year. Other than Virgil, the most important person in that run to the final was Bobby. Now, Mo was obviously sensational as well, but Bobby was, was just phenomenal. And he's always been a big game player as well. Bobby's always turned up for big games. People will point to the Champions League final we won as, you know, not a great Bobby performance. He was injured. He was injured. And he clearly shouldn't have been playing. But he turned up and he gave everything he had. I'd love him to get one more goal. I'd love him to finish on 10 for the season. But you see the last two seasons, 20 league games and 23 this season. It's clear that the injuries have taken their toll. Because before that, 31, 35, 37, 34, 38 and 36. And that 31 was partly because Rodgers left him out of the team for a couple of games. 360 games across eight seasons. And never once, never once did you get the feeling that this guy's holding anything back. Not as talented as Suarez but had that same urgency and work rate as Suarez and has had, obviously, much more success at the club than Suarez. A Premier League, an FA Cup, a League Cup, a European Cup, a Super Cup and a World Club Cup and vital for all of them. For all of them. What a player. Curtis Jones got two goals last night, which was really good to see. The first will be treated by some as a tap-in, but the run is outstanding. And the controlled, cushioned, left-footed side foot into the bottom corner was also tremendous. The second is a masterpiece. That is a sensational strike. And I know that Trent's goal has taken a lot of the focus, and, and it should. It should, because it was it's an outrageous goal. But this Curtis strike, to whip it like that across your body to the far corner and give the keeper absolutely no chance just takes so much ability. And we're starting to really see what Curtis is capable of in this more advanced role where he's always belonged, closer to the box in that final third, able to play a bit more on instinct. A, a, a sensationally talented player. 
whose only real flaw is decision-making. But this role takes some of the decision-making out of it for him. And, like, it's it's not to say, like, decision-making makes it sound like he's thick or something. He's not. He's clearly a very intelligent player. And nine times out of ten, he makes the right decisions. Ten times out of ten, he makes the right decision when it's not a final ball situation. It's just when to release the ball and which option to take that sometimes lets him down. But he's still so young in footballing terms. Like, I know he's 22 and he's been around a long time. But he hasn't played a huge amount of football for us. With injuries and Jürgen's strange choices, Curtis hasn't played an enormous amount of football for us. In the Premier League, he's played 3,068 minutes. Like, that's minuscule for a player of his age. If you look at, say, Jacob Ramsey at Aston Villa, who's basically a year younger than Curtis. Oh, he's not. Sorry. Sorry. He's not. He's five months younger than Curtis. Like he's played far more football in the Premier League than Curtis Jones has. This season, he's got nearly as many minutes as Curtis did in the last two. Jacob Ramsey, Premier League minutes, 5,547. Now, bear in mind, he made his debut quite a while after Curtis. Ramsey's debut for Villa in the league was only three seasons ago, the 2021 season. Curtis made his debut five seasons ago, something like that. Let's have a quick gander. Curtis's first league game four seasons ago. So he's got a full year on the kid. And yet Ramsey's got over 2,000 more minutes. Harvey Elliott is two years younger than Curtis. And yet he's played 2,754 minutes. So only 300 minutes less than Curtis. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my mistake. He's played 2,000, 2000 Premier League minutes. He's But he's played 4,750-odd minutes of senior football when you include the championship. So he's got more senior experience in, in league games than Curtis. And I know people say, oh, the championship. Go play in the championship. That's a tough, tough league. That will battle harden the shit out of you. Like, Harvey's played a lot of football. And he missed a year with a broken ankle, or most of the year with a broken ankle. And yet he's played more league games, more league minutes than than Curtis Jones, and more league games in total, 81 to 61. Curtis has been unlucky. He hasn't been managed greatly at times, but now we're starting to see what he's capable of. And I thought last night he was excellent again. And in this run, which is now nine games of Curtis in midfield, starting with Chelsea away, I think he's been, of the three starting midfielders, comfortably the best. Comfortably the best. 
off-ball work has been really good. And his on-ball work is getting better and better. And he's getting more confident, as you could see with that second goal last night. Outrageous technique. First is, is great skill. Same as the one against Spurs. Brilliantly timed run and a lovely cushion finish. But the second is just sensational. Trent added the third goal with an outrageous free kick. An absolutely outrageous free kick. Um, and he hadn't had yet another good game in that role. Um, looking more and more like a young Juan Sebastian Veron with the way he plays that role. He's, he's a bit more dynamic than Veron, But the range of passing, the intelligence, even the way he runs reminds me of Veron. Like and I'm talking, I'm not talking about Veron at United. I'm talking about Veron at Parma, Sampdoria, Lazio when he was undeniably great. That's who Trent is reminding me of right now. Is Juan Sebastian Veron? Um, other things of note from last night: the first time since 2007 that two scousers have scored for Liverpool in the same Premier League game. The first time since 2015 when Gerrard did it that um, a Liverpool midfielder has scored two goals in a half, which is, is nice, you know. It's only been, only been the eight years. Virgil looked much more like Virgil again as he did in the previous two games. Ibu is looking better and better by the game. Salah, three assists last night. Mo is... One goal shy of last year's goal total in all competitions. But but more notably, he is one goal shy of becoming the first player in Premier League history to have three 20-goal, 10-assist campaigns. The first player in history. Henri's done it twice, as, as Mo has right now. Rooney never did it. Cristiano never did it. Kane did it once. Shearer never did it. Aguero never did it. They're all strikers. Mo's a wide player. And yet, well, Cristiano was a, was a wide player at United, but originally, the first time. But the fact that he's doing this again is just, it's incredible. This is an all-time Premier League great and needs to be appreciated as such. On the main Liverpool websites, this is Anfield. Lots and lots of post-match coverage. You've got corner turned and Jones roll assessed. The last word on the Leicester game. Five things the fans loved from the Leicester game. Uh, Liverpool continued to dream a seventh straight win. Sees Jones here to stay. Jurgen Klopp explains Darwin Nunes' injury. Uh, Ibu Kanate's message for Trent as Liverpool keep fighting until the end. Liverpool set to pay £800,000 for a 14-year-old who's been lauded by Yaya Toure. So Liverpool are set to sign Harvey Owen from Wolves for eight hundred pounds now, we're also been heavily linked with a player called Mason Melia, who's a 15-year-old who recently made his debut for St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Athletic here in Ireland uh, and scored on his debut. He's a striker. He's one we're keen on. 
But Harvey Owen, it looks like, is a deal that's done. I understand that it has to be done. I do understand that the new Brexit rules make it more difficult to recruit. So you're going to see more and more of these situations where clubs are paying hefty amounts for kids. Like we paid 600 grand for Ben Doak. That looks like it'll be money well spent. But I don't know, like maybe it's just me and maybe it's just because I'm old. 800 grand for a 14 year old really does signify that there's something maybe a little bit wrong with the game right now. Um, he's described as a right-footed player who likes to play on the left side at the back, whether it's in a back three or a back four. He's come on leaps and bounds in terms of his football. We truly believe if he can overcome some difficulties and embrace some of the adversities, he can surprise a few. Okay. 800 grand for 14-year-old centre-back. I don't know. It's just weird. It, it, look, the, the club need to do it, so I'm not criticising the club because everyone else is doing it as well. But it is just a little bit weird. Um, there's a piece on Liverpool.com about Alisson. There is a piece about, I assume it's about Mo. Um, Jurgen Klopp confirms Liverpool injury boost as next Bobby Firmino celebration is planned. Liverpool no fifth place truth as UEFA rule change and five-year reality alter FSG's picture. Jurgen Klopp could complete perfect triple swoop as Liverpool leads for £44 million signing. That looks like Gabriel Viega. Uh, it is Gabri Viega of Celta Vigo. Uh, transfer guru Michael Edwards wanted by Liverpool rival as pre-season plan confirmed. Um, well, the, the club that wants him apparently is West Ham. But I wouldn't really class them as a rival. Um, so, yeah, there's that. On Anfieldindex.com, the news team have been good and busy. Good to see. Slackers. Um, Singapore beckons Liverpool's pre-season dates have been announced. So there's a little piece there on that. There is a piece kind of explaining the new Champions League breakdown and how that would work in terms of a fifth-place team getting in. There is a scouting report on Ron Robert Zeeler that Dave Davis has put together. He's also written the Lessons Learned Lessons Learned piece from the game last night. And then Stephen Smith has put together a piece which is a Rafa and Jürgen combined 11. Now, myself and Carl did our Rafa and, 11, Rafa and Jürgen 11s recently on a scouted. So let's have a look. He's got Alisson in goal. I think that was always an easy pick. He's got Trent and Robbo as the fullbacks. Absolutely. I'm going to have to pull him here, though. He's got Sammy Hippia as the right-sided centre-back, and Sammy, of course, was a left-sided centre-back. So on a technicality, I'm going to have to go against him here. And your options are Jamie Carragher or Ibu Kanate or Joel Matip or Joe Gomez or Martin Skirtle. I think we can throw out that last name. Ibu is the best of them, but Carragher obviously 
did the most for us, so we'll, we'll slot Carragher in there. Virgil is a no-brainer, though doff of the cap to Andy Robertson. Andy Robson to Daniel Agar, I should say. Um, defensive midfield, he's gone for Mascherano over Fabinho. I would agree with that. The left central midfield role, he's gone for Wijnaldum over Thiago. I think that's fair based on what Ginny did for us. Now, there will be some that will call for the inclusion of Alonso. But Alonso on the left of a three would be a little bit awkward. But you could play this 4-2-3-1 and just go Mascherano and Alonso as a two. Uh, then he's gone for Gerrard in the right-sided role. I mean, it was him or Henderson, so that's not too tough of a pick. Uh, the left-sided forward, Sadio. The right-sided forward is Mo, And his number nine is Fernando Torres, which I think is fair with a, obviously, um, nod of the cap to Bobby. Uh, Reina, Agar, Alcantara, Fabinho, Alonso, Firmino and Luis Diaz make up his bench with Jurgen Klopp as the manager. Podcast-wise... There is the new post-match Raw and the new Nina Kowser show. Nina was joined by Guy and Carl. Uh, myself and Trev had Harry with us last night. So those are there if you haven't listened to them already. And that's it. That's all I've got, folks. Thank you as always, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.